Welcome to Sounds from the Shelves. I'm Mika. I'm Sarah. And sadly, we have no Lee today. Oh. Oh. But Lee should be back next month, hopefully. Hopefully. So today, we are joined by a very special guest. His name is Jacob Crane. Jacob, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Jacob Crane. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Jacob Crane. I'm from Sutana Nation, which is located in Treaty 7 territory, also known as Southern Alberta. And I've been living in the great state of Utah for 20 plus years now. Awesome. So we're very happy to have Jacob here. If you haven't guessed it already, we're talking about Native American stuff, all sorts of cool stuff, because we're celebrating Native American Heritage Month. Yay! Yay! So we'll just jump into our questions. First, we thought we'd ask, what are the tribes that are here in the Salt Lake area? Right now, currently, there's a lot. There's a lot of diversity right now in the Salt Lake area. You know, it goes from, you know, Ute, you know, Navajo, Goshute, you know, Southern Ute, Ute Mountain Ute, uh, Shoshone. But there's also, um, you know, Paiutes. There's uh, San Juan, um, Paiute. There's... I'm Sutanan, I'm here, mm-hmm. and there's there's a variety of different tribes that are calling Salt Lake City their home now, but it's the traditional homelands of the Northern, Northern Ute. Awesome. Can you tell us more about your work and what it means to the Native American community? Well, today I'm coming, coming at you as a community member, but I, I recently just got uh, the position of cultural liaison for the Utah Division of Indian Affairs, and I've done a lot of work um, in Indian Affairs um, outside of this role, and um, oh my goodness, I don't even know where to go. That's such a, <laughs> that's a loaded question. Oh, that's a loaded question, but uh, I have been to the United Nations before and advocated for you know indigenous people there. I've done a lot of work with my nation back home. I've done a lot of COVID-19 relief work, small business related work with um, native uh, native communities and native people. So I'm pretty, pretty, pretty um, well-versed in a lot of um, sectors. It's very cool. What can people do to help support the Native tribes or members of the Native American community? That's pretty broad, too. But <laughs> <laughs> there's so many things, you know, from land acknowledgments with a call to action to, you know, just making sure that our kids have, uh, you know, school books mm-hmm. um, at their libraries, at the, at the elementary schools. You know, I had a conversation today with a coworker, and she was saying that, um, you know, uh, reservation schools should get um more more books and you know if you want to ship them down go ahead and do that uh there's always need for um creating space for indigenous folks to speak and you know have healthy you know awesome conversations and to create dialect about you know what's going on within their communities and especially post pandemic i guess we're still in the pandemic but you know making sure that checking on folks and making sure that you know everybody has that um access to the to what they need and the 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 correct equity and you know there's there's so many things going on in in indian country and you know making sure that uh we we have the proper resources is one of the ways to do it as well Mm -hmm. is there any like organizations you would recommend people try and work with or so many, so many in the state of Utah as well. There's the, well, there's the division, Utah Division of Indian Affairs. There's the Urban Indian Center of Salt Lake. There's 
uh, Sacred Circle, there's uh, Utah Dene Bekea, there's Navajo Strong, there's Cultural Fire Events. That's a new upcoming startup that's creating more space for Native American um, folks to, to celebrate with each other. They host a powwow in Heber. They also host a powwow in two weeks down in Moab. So if you want to come be an ally and celebrate and dance with us, come on down to Moab. So there, there's a lot of um, different organizations. Uh, I think American Indian Services is another one that's more educated, uh, education related. So making sure that, you know, um, I didn't know this was a thing, but apparently when folks pass away, they leave um, their inheritance to nonprofits. So mm-hmm. You know, if you want to do some good, you know, do it that way or just donate today to one of those organizations. You can look them up on on the web or, you know, really volunteers, too. We're always looking for volunteers. We're looking for community partners, folks that we can have our events at um, or sorry, places that we can have our events at. Like there's so many different ways to to really support the indigenous community. It's uh, it's, you know, there's so much. But those are some of the ways that you can definitely step in and support Um I always say that, uh, you know, inviting an Indigenous person to the table is always a good idea. For sure, yeah. Kind of on like the similar topic, what are some respectful ways to engage with local tribes in the Indigenous community? I always I always think it's, um, again, so many different ways to approach them. You know, um, you can, it's hard to get a hold of the, of the council and the chairs just because they're so busy dealing with what's going on um, within their tribal governments. But you know, there's there's ways of reaching the elementary schools, the middle schools, high schools, junior highs. Um, maybe they might have a, a. You might be working for an organization that you know has access to to books. Or maybe you want to invite a speaker or an elder out to come speak with your young people, you know, contact the, the high school and be like, can you get me in touch of the elders um, council or maybe the, the the knowledge holders and see if we can set something up. So you're bringing, you know, folks on the reservation out to, to, the, to the, the greater city of Salt Lake and you're providing them that opportunity to speak to their to your young people about what's going on and and how to make things um, you know better. So there's that way. There's reaching out to the the indigenous organizations that are doing the work currently. You know the ones I listed earlier, and be like, how can we help and how can we provide um, you know support or resources or you know help uh, shape a better outcome for our young people. I think is always is always something that we we look forward to. So different approaches, you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. You can also reach out to the tribe directly. Um, sometimes they, they may not get back to you just because they're so busy getting, you know, dealing with the things that they're doing. But, you know, contacting the schools is one way. Contacting tribal government is another way. Contacting the indigenous organizations that are working, you know, in tandem with the tribes is also another way. So, yeah. Speaking of working with local tribal governments, what does it mean for the nations to be like their own sovereign nations within the U.S.? Like, would you mind explaining a little bit about how that works? Sure. Um, sovereign, you know, being able to do, to, to have that, that identity self-determination, you know, first of all, being able to, to create your own policy and rules and laws and being able to govern yourself, I think is really, really important. And having that, that title of, uh, of a sovereign or a nation and understanding that you do have that nation-to-nation relationship with the federal government and, you know, honoring your treaties. And, 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 and in some cases, um, I don't want to say uh, 
sorry, I'm a state employee now, so I can't say whatever I want to say, but, you know, ensuring that your voices are being heard at the table and that you're you're practicing that that right to talk with folks in, in leadership within the state or in the federal, you have those rights and that you're you're practicing that. And I'm pretty sure the state and the federal government would be would be happy to in, entertain those discussions because you have you have a voice and you know, you can use that, that that right to exercise that voice, and so um, that's kind of what I what I think about that. So also, just being able to to operate, to have business, to to mm-hmm. be able to to do business, um, however you may may want to, of course, within reason. But you know, um, I definitely think that there's so much space that um, you know tribal tribal governments um, are still embarking on, you know, but we're kind of playing catch up just because the pandemic had a lasting effect, impact on our our communities. So it wasn't yeah. as, as great as, mm-hmm. you know, um, we would have liked that to be. But, you know, it also allowed for folks to to see what was going on and that some of the systems were broken and that we have to rebuild and recreate or strengthen those systems and frameworks so that, um, you know, again, we're always having a, a better future for tomorrow, our young people and our elders. So, you know, I hope that answers your question. I don't think it did, but, you know, I think <laughs> I kind of went off there for a little bit, but yeah. I mean, I think it gave a good understanding of how you understand sovereign nations, mm-hmm. which I think was fantastic. Yeah. So you've been heavily involved in the climate change and clean air movement here in Utah. Um, can you talk about some of that work if you want to? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could, you know, at, at that time mm-hmm. when I wasn't um, employed by the state, um, you know, and I, I, I was younger, I, I think that, um, you know, we just always try to do our best. And, you know, I, I can't say I, but we as a group always tried to do our best to, um, really empower tribes or at least build a bridge with tribes to ask them what what could we do to help support in a way where we're not speaking on behalf of tribes but working with the tribes mm-hmm. to you know to support and to be honest a lot of as soon as I took the job where I was doing a lot of um, environmental work I, I the pandemic happened so I really didn't have a chance to um, fully get ingrained with a lot of um, environmental work within Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was doing a lot of COVID relief and garden initiatives and making sure that folks had a, had a place to, to go to ceremony. And so I started powwows, prayer runs, things like that. So I did a lot of that work. Outside of Utah, well, you know, I, I ended up at the United Nations and I was advocating there and trying to create space for for indigenous folks, but again, that was before coming to to my new mm-hmm. current position and trying to make sure that um, you know that we're honoring indigenous folks as voices and that we're always trying to you know create space for tribal leaders to to have a seat at the table and that to, you know that their voices are valid and that they do matter. You guys can't see it because, of course, there's no video of this. But he gave a great smile mm-hmm. at the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard when you work for like a federal or like state agency where you're like, I can't say the things I want to say. I think sometimes yeah. we felt like that a little bit here. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I can't say that, but I mean, I definitely think that it's a new position that mm-hmm. I'm taking on and that I that I honor, you know, um, my, my job is to help bridge. And, you know, I'm I, my, part of that that job is to stay 
stay active and to make sure that you know we're always doing a good job at the Utah Division of Indian Affairs. And again, I'm I'm coming at you from from a community member, mm-hmm. not not as a as a cultural liaison, but um, making sure that you know we're we're honoring folks and that you know we the state wants to work with tribes and that we're I'm just here as a bridger. And so that's my my current position now and my stance is that, you know, I, I'm definitely wanting to support tribes and and build that relationship with the with the state and, you know, um cultural liaison, my job basically is just to do a lot of things that are culturally, you know, active within the community and I, I do I do go to a lot of events, so it's a lot of fun. Um, again, it's a fun job. I literally talk on the phone all day. Well, it's my second day starting, but <laughs> I've been calling up all these grassroots organizations and contacting, you know, all these native organizations to let them know that I'm the the new um, cultural liaison. And, you know, we definitely want to partner and work with other folks. So um, it's a lot of fun. It sounds like mm-hmm. fun. That's why I'm a librarian. It's because I get to do fun stuff all day. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really all the questions we had. But since we have some extra time here, (laughs) let me ask you, um, is there anything else you want people to know about yourself, about the tribal communities, uh, about anything related to what we've been talking about? I think that, you know, in closing, there's so much history, so much rich history here in Utah with indigenous people and so much rich history between, you know, the government and, and, and native people that, you know, let's, let's continue to, to honor those relationships and, you know, to really build upon them because there's, there's so much that we can do together. And, you know, we, we definitely need more bridgers and people that are willing to connect and Mm -hmm. connect folks and, you know, celebrate each other. And how can we, you know, how can we move forward so that, you know, our, our young people together have a better and brighter future for tomorrow. Yeah. We can't change what's happened already, but we can make the future better for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did have one other question. We often talk about like our favorite, like media, sometimes in relation to the podcast topic. Do you have any favorite like books or maybe like other forms of media by indigenous authors or creators that you want to share? Braiding Sweetgrass is really good. That's by Robin Wall Kimmerer. Um... Oh my gosh, now I'm drawing a blank. It's the curse Honest, of the podcast. <laughs> I, I, I think so. Honestly, Google search podcasts from indigenous folks or um, top 10 indigenous authors within the US or Canada. You'll find a lot of um, indigenous content there. And even on um, Instagram, you know, if you ever get you know, tired or whatever, just scroll through Instagram and start typing in some keywords. You'll find lots Mm -hmm. of folks out there that are making a push. Trying to think now. So my husband backed this Kickstarter for an RPG that was written by Indigenous authors, really for the Indigenous community, but they let everybody back it because, you know, money is money. (laughs) Um, But it's, it's a really cool, like, kind of, it's set in like an alternate version of the United States where the colonizers never came and the indigenous people just stayed in control of their land. Um, I wish I could remember the name. I cannot remember it for the life of me. This sounds like Connor Alexander's Coyote and Crow. If you're a gamer, go check it out because it's a really well-written system and it's really cool. 
that's my plug. <laughs> that sounds really neat. Mm-hmm. I will say I started watching Reservoir Dogs recently. Uh, reservation Dogs. I really like that. There's a poet I really like who's part of the writing team, Tommy Pico. Um, and it's been a really cool show. All right. Well, thank you, Jacob, for coming and talking to us. Thank you. It's been a, been a great podcast. And I hope folks, uh, you know, reach out to us and uh, continue to do the great work that you're doing. And if people want to contact you, is there any way you prefer that they contact you? I'm really easy to find on Instagram or Facebook. Really easy. (laughs) And thank you, all of our listeners, for joining us today. If you want to listen to more of our podcast, you can find new and old episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, And we'd love to hear from you. We love listener feedback. Please send us an email. I don't think we've received (laughs) any yet, right? We have not. All our feedback has been in person. (laughs) Um, But if you'd like to send us an email, you can find us at shelvespodcast at slcolibrary.org. We would love email. It's great. It's fantastic. And we will see you next month where we will talk to members of our staff that have had, I want to say books published, but I don't think they're actually It's not just books. books. I think we have like some illustrators, but people who have published or created some sort of art is probably the easiest way to explain it and get people intrigued. It should be really fun. Yeah. We've got like six guests coming. We do. It'll be a lot of people. Yeah. (laughs) And hopefully the three of us will be here for the first time in months. Yes. Um, So with that, we will see you next month. Bye. Bye later. Bye.